Welcome to Choice Classic Radio. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and help keep this show alive by donating at choiceclassicradio.com. For more of your favorite old-time radio shows, join us on our companion podcast, Choice Classic Radio, Mystery, Suspense, Dramas, and Horrors, where we bring to you the most mysterious tales that the golden age of radio had to offer. And now, with over 167 episodes broadcast on NBC Radio from 1949 to 1953, we bring to you Dangerous Assignment. Dangerous Assignment, transcribed starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Yeah, danger is my assignment. I get sent to a lot of places I can't even pronounce. They all spell the same thing, though, trouble, but... When I walk into the commissioner's office, I don't realize that this assignment's going to wind up with my getting shot at. Morning, Commissioner. You sent for me? Lately, we've been concerned over the leak of materials and equipment. Get to the organization behind all this and smash it. Well, that's it. You've got your assignment. Good luck. National Broadcasting Company is presenting Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy in the role of Steve Mitchell, colorful two-fisted government agent. At all those places of the world where danger and intrigue walk hand in hand, there you will find Steve Mitchell on another Dangerous Assignment. Here's a reminder about Thursday's entertainment schedule on most NBC stations. There's Comedy Fun with Robert Young, starring in Father Knows Best. Then Roy Rogers brings you Western adventure and songs from the Double R Bar Ranch in Paradise Valley. Ralph Edwards presents another Mad and Merry session of Truth or Consequences. Eddie Cantor recalls his years in the entertainment world during his show business show. And Judy Canova invites you to Mythical Cactus Junction for 30 minutes of fun. It's an enjoyable evening of great radio entertainment. So be sure to hear it all every Thursday night on the NBC Radio Network. Sure, I've got my assignment. Get over to Rome and have a talk with the owner of the Giovetti Textile Mills. If he can give me the right information, it could lead me to the organization responsible for shipping strategic materials from the U.S. into countries behind the Iron Curtain. It's early Wednesday afternoon when my plane lands, and half an hour after I arrive, I'm in conference with the head man at the Giovetti Mills. Signor Mitchell, you must believe me. I- I'm most eager to cooperate with your government, but what else can I tell you? So you made a deal for the machinery with a man known as Gorda. He came to my office a week ago. He said he'd heard of my misfortune, offered similar machinery for sale. Similar machinery? How similar, Signor Giovetti? The same, of course. They hijacked the machinery, but what could I do? I was desperate. I needed the machinery. It would have taken a year for another shipment to arrive from the United States. I could not wait. So it was a matter of paying Gorda's price or close down, huh? Oh, there's one thing more. 
The hijacking took place two weeks ago. In Naples, yes. Yeah, yours wasn't the only shipment lost. Now I believe that all the companies were involved. The police would know about that. Good day, Senor Mitchell. Not a very friendly man, this Senior Giovetti, yet I'm inclined to believe he's telling the truth. At police headquarters, I get a list of the companies involved in the Naples hijacking. My first call is on the general manager of Schoner Industries, Rome Branch. As you see, Senor Mitchell, the machinery is old and worn, and much of it useless. We must do the best we can with what we have. We had new machinery on order. It was hijacked. Any chance of getting replacements in the immediate future? There's a possibility, yes. I was speaking with Senor Schoner himself about it this morning. Uh, he was leaving on a business trip to Trieste. You might contact him at the Hotel Drop. Yeah, I might do that. In the meantime, I've got a few other calls to make. Next on my list is the Biano Company. When I get there, I find the place boarded up tight. It looks like C.J. Biano couldn't carry the ball without new machinery and materials and his closed shop for good. I get Senior Biano's home address from the watchman, and 20 minutes later, I pull up at a small villa in the country. A heavy-set, balding little gent is just inside the gate, busily trimming a hedge. Ah, buongiorno, senor. Hello. I'm looking for Senior Biano. I am a common Biano. What is it that you wish? Oh, I'd just like to have a little chat. Better look at my credentials first. Mm-hmm. I see. What do you want with me, Senor Mitchell? Your plant is closed down, Senor Biano. I've just come from there. You see? Because of that hijacking in Naples two weeks ago, huh? Because of the shipment of chemicals you never received? See, see. I could do nothing else but close down. It was impossible to go on. The Giovetti mills were in the same predicament, but they managed to get the machinery and materials they needed. Did they, Senor? Yeah. From the hijackers, from a man named Gorda. Senior Giovetti couldn't give me very much information about Gorda, and I thought maybe you might. I, Senor? Yeah, he contact you too, Senor Biano? Oh, please, please. It's all over now. I am finished with the mills. Did he contact you? He did contact you, huh? When? When, Senor Biano? Uh, ten days ago. He offered to sell me the machinery and materials I needed. I could not pay what he asked. Where did you meet this man? A coffee house in Trieste. I see. And, hey, wait a minute. Trieste? Schoner is on his way to Trieste. Schoner, senor? Schoner Industries, you know him? I have heard of him. He has plans and factories all over Europe. <laughs> I do not envy him his troubles. Exactly where in Trieste did you have this meeting, senor Biano? As I said, a coffee house, but I do not recall where it is. It was my first visit to the city at night. They drove me there in a car from my hotel. I'm afraid I could not tell you how to find it, senor. Oh, great. There must be a hundred coffee houses in the city. Uh, I am certain it is a rendezvous where uh, all manner of transactions are arranged. It would take me days to find it, and I wouldn't know what this man looked like. Uh, senor Mitchell. Yeah? You said that time was of uh, utmost importance. Mm -hmm. Perhaps if I were to go to Trieste with you... I might find the coffee shop. The going might get a little rough, Senor Biano. Yeah? What matter, Senor? This way I am but an old man with nothing more to do than putter around in my garden. If I help you, perhaps my mill will run again. It's a little under a two-hour plane ride to Trieste, and late in the afternoon when we arrive, we check in at Hotel Drava and learn that Ludwig Schoner hasn't arrived yet from Zurich. 
Piano and I start out on a tour of the coffee houses, and just before nightfall, he spots something that jogs his memory. A large statue at the entrance to a park, a crooked street nearby, a bridge. A few minutes later, we find what we're looking for. Ah, this, this is the place, Senor Mitchell. This is the coffee house. You sure? Yes, yes. The steps are coming down into the main room, the mirror along the far wall, the chandeliers, the booth. I remember all of it. Good. Let's sit down here. Not many people in here. You see our man around? Uh, no. No, I do not. Okay. Now, when he does show up, you know what you're going to say. Yes, si, si. that I have changed my mind, that I will pay his price. You'll introduce me as your new partner. I'm financing the deal. I understand. Good. In the meantime, I'll finance a pot of coffee. As it turns out, I finance two pots of coffee. It's a long wait. The place fills up rapidly, but there's no sign of our man. I leave Biano at the coffee house and drive back to the hotel to see if Ludwig Schoner has arrived. He hasn't. I stick around for a quarter of an hour, and then he finally shows. I wait till he goes upstairs, and then I head for room 605. What is it you wish to see me about, Mr. Mitchell? The hijacking in Naples two weeks ago, Mr. Schoner. Oh, that. Cost me a small fortune, that little affair. We could put a stop to all this if we could round up the gang running the racket, Mr. Schoner. Yes. If, Mr. Mitchell. A big word. Is that why your government sent you here to Trieste? They think the gang is here. Don't you? I'm afraid I do not understand. Isn't that why you came to Trieste? There is a certain business concern up for sale here in the city. I'm interested. Your general manager in Rome seemed to think that there was a possibility you'd be getting some new machinery soon. The business I am interested in buying here happens to be a foundry, Mr. Mitchell. The Mosavik foundry. If I can make the machinery I need, I shall not have to depend on shipments from America. Shipments that get hijacked right and left. That's how I shall beat this pack of thieves, Mr. Mitchell. I hope so, Mr. Schoner, for your sake. Now, if you don't mind, Mr. Mitchell, good night. Another brush off, just like I got from Giovetti in Rome. This time, however, I'm inclined to think that friend Schoner is lying. I've got a hunch he's here in Trieste to make a deal with the hijackers to buy back the stuff they hoisted from him in Naples, only he's afraid to tell me about it because he figures I might queer the deal. I decide to stick around and see what his next move is going to be. I slip down the alley across the street to the spot where I can watch Schoner's room. Ten minutes later, his lights go out. I move out of the alley entrance towards the traffic rolling down the street that fronts the hotel. As I reach the curb, something makes me turn around. There's somebody behind me. He's a tall, skinny, wears thick horn-rimmed glasses. The heel of his hand catches me under the chin and shoves me back into the street. <laughs> Steve Mitchell will continue his dangerous assignment in just a moment. Today, more than ever before, the great scientific minds of our country are hard at work solving the mysteries of cancer. In over 100 research centers located in all parts of the country, there's being carried on the greatest research program against a single disease ever known to man. Now, someday soon, the scientists hope to have the answers. But the realization of their hopes depends in large part on you. To continue and expand the tremendous research program, money is needed. That money must come from you. Cancer is a major enemy of the American people, and last year alone it claimed some 215,000 victims. And although more and more lives are being saved from this dread disease each year, the toll is still far too high. We can all strike back against cancer by joining the Cancer Crusade. 
support the American Cancer Society and its three programs of research, education, and service to the cancer patient. Join the 1953 Cancer Crusade. Mail your generous contribution to Cancer, care of your local post office. Now, back to Dangerous Assignment and Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Street. There's a car almost on top of me. I roll out of the way just in time. After the car goes by, I scramble to my feet and dive back to the curb. Tall, skinny gent with the thick glasses who just shoved me is nowhere in sight. So this time I get off with a lump on the back of my head and a bruised wallet. But I've got to get to those boys before there's a next time. Could be Shoner hired me knocked off. I head back to the hotel, but there's Shoner calmly sitting in the lobby reading a newspaper without a care in the world. I figure I'd better check on Biano, whom I left at the coffee house. I telephone and get our waiter. I remember you, Senor Mitchell. Such a tip I do not forget. You also remember Senor Biano, the little gent who was with me at your coffee house? Si, si, Senor. He's still there waiting for me? No, no. He lived right after you did, Senor. Oh? Any idea where he went? No, no. Uh, perhaps your friend would know. My friend? Si, si. The man who come over to your table after you leave and talked to Senor Biano. He was a tall, uh, thin man. Uh, he wore thick glasses. A tall, thin man with thick glasses. The same gentle just tried to shove me in front of a car. Does that mean that Biano put the finger on me? Is Biano the boss of the hijack racket? And if so, does that mean that Shoner is on the up and up after all? I start to leave the phone booth, then stop. Shoner's just put down his newspaper and is glancing at his watch. He gets up and slips out of the lobby just to hunt, but I follow. He heads for a bar. He joins a smooth-looking girl at a corner table. They talk a couple of minutes. Then he slips her a piece of paper and leaves. It doesn't look like a social visit. Maybe my hunch is right. Could be some sort of a payoff. I decide to put on a little act and smoke her out. Hi. Hello. Buy a drink? Who are you? Could be a colleague of yours. What are you talking about? That guy you were just talking to, Shoner. What about him? I've got a hunch he's in a buying mood. Oh? For what? Machinery. Maybe you should mind your own business. Maybe this is my business. Oh? If Shoner feels like buying, could be. I feel like selling. Machinery? A couple of warehouses full. Why tell me? Why not tell Shoner? Because I want to stay healthy. I don't follow you. No, then I'll make it real simple. I'm new here in Trieste, and I know what happens to strangers who try to muscle in on somebody else's territory. So? So why not work together? I could sell my stuff to the local outfit at a low enough price so they could still make a profit on it to Shoner. I still want to know why you're telling me. Oh, I just figured you might possibly know how to contact those boys. No. Okay. I figured on selling it only 20% over U.S. prices. That could still give anybody who was interested a 50% markup. I'll bet anything that Shoner would pay, too. But, like you say, you wouldn't know anything about it. Sorry. Looks like I got the wrong party. Be seeing you. Wait. Yeah? I... I didn't get your name. I know. I didn't give it much healthier that way. You seem to take a lot of information for granted. I make my living taking things for granted. That could be dangerous. It's also profitable. I cannot give you an answer myself. I only work for somebody. Wait here. I will telephone him. 
So just when I think my little fish is going to swim away, she tugs at the bait. Five minutes later, she comes back from the telephone booth. He is interested in your proposition. Come with me. She drives me through a maze of side streets to an apartment house and takes me into one of the apartments. I start to look around, but a voice stops me cold. Farewell, Mitchell. We meet again. I whirl around. Standing in the side doorway is Shonran beside him, a rugged-looking guy with a gun. I'll handle things from here on, Leonora. Very well. Well, so you're my boy, Shoner. <laughs> Hardly. I set a trap and caught the wrong fish, Mitchell. And all because I was trying to help you. What do you mean? First, let me tell you that Leonora here is the secretary to a local lawyer who is handling my purchases of Mosavik Foundry. Why? You remember my telling you I wanted the Mosavik Foundry so I could make my own machinery and not be at the mercy of the hijackers. I wanted the purchase to be handled secretly so my competitors would not get the same idea. That is why I met Leonora in the bar. Keep talking. When you posed as a dealer in hijacked machinery, Leonora thought I should know about it. I thought possibly I could uh, help you find the man you seek. That is why I set up this trap. But I hardly expected to see you walk in. Well, all of this makes an interesting story, Shoner. It's more than a story, Senor Mitchell. That's why I'm here. My credentials. Present. Police Lieutenant Florio? At your service. Well, looks like I owe an apology all around. Not at all. I only regret that my little trap did not produce the man you seek. Have you any other leads, Senor Mitchell? One. A little gent named Biano, Lieutenant. Mm, I see. If you'll give me a description of him, I'll uh, put out a bulletin. Okay. Well, I'd better get back to my hotel. I'll be glad to drive you back, Senor Mitchell. After all, when you thought I was a hijacker, you offered to buy me a drink. I intend to hold you to it. So we go back to the hotel, and I'm still feeling slightly foolish over the whole deal. So far, my luck has been all bad, but now it changes all of a sudden. Just as I walk into the lobby, I spot Piano sliding out the back door. I catch up to him in the alley. Mitchell. Yeah, Mitchell. I have been looking for you. I'll bet you have, Piano. But of course I have. Shortly after you leave the coffee house, I made a contact for the hijackers. His name is Gracolis. He is a tall... Uh... Yeah, a tall, thin gent with thick glasses. Uh, see, see, that's right. And he... Wait a minute. How, how did you know? He tried to knock me off a few minutes later. What? But uh, surely you don't think I had anything to do with that. I don't? I, I told him exactly what you said for me to... Uh, that you had money and might be interested in, in helping me buy back the machinery that was stolen from me. Yeah. Uh, he wants us to meet him at 10 o'clock tonight. I see. Where? Uh, he gave me the address. Here, here it is. I checked up on it. It's a warehouse. At 10, huh? It's 8.30 now. Okay, Biana, thanks. I'll pick you up in the lobby at 9.45. I go back inside, wondering if Biano's telling the truth. If he isn't, then the meeting at 10 in the warehouse is a trap. Either way, I've got to find out. I grab Leonora and hustle her into her car. We head for the industrial district. Steve, I don't understand all this. I bring you back to your hotel so you can buy me a drink. <laughs> then you make me drive you to this section of the city. A uh, drink will have to wait. I've got a date with Biano at that warehouse up ahead at 10 o'clock. But Biano's not with you, and it's only nine. That's right. I figure if it's a trap and I arrive early, I may trap the trapper. Trap? Uh, trapper? <laughs> what is this? I don't understand. You don't have to. Just pull up and let me out here. We'll have that drink as soon as this is over, I hope. 
Leonore lets me out half a block from the warehouse. I ease up to it and look around. Nobody in sight. I let myself in. Crates are stacked all over the joint, and it looks like the stuff's been repacked and marked. Yeah, this is headquarters all right, then. I spot a light up a flight of stairs. I work my way up quietly. It's a small office. The door is half open, and inside, sitting behind the desk in a swivel chair, is Gracolis, the tall gent with the thick glasses. I wait until he swings around to look out the window with his back to me. I ease up behind him, slide my arm around his neck and squeeze. And my eyes flick out the window, rivet on a sign plastered on the side of a building across the alley, and that sign slides the whole deal into place. It's a trap, all right, but not the way I figured. I swing Gracolis in his chair around fast, just in time. Slugs from behind the door catch him square in the middle. The slugs that were meant for me, I shove the desk over and dive at the guy behind the door. The shot goes wild and I wrench his gun away. Hello, Shona. So you're the big boy in the deal. I've got to hand it to you. That was a pretty clever routine you pulled on me with a cop. Yeah. If I hadn't spotted that sign across the alley, I'd be a dead pigeon right now. What sign? Mosarvik Foundry. I remembered you telling me you were buying it. That was too much of a coincidence right across the alley from hijack headquarters here. It's a foundry. You were probably figuring on using it to alter the hijacked machinery. Yeah. Good thing I saw that lettering. It was a lucky sign for me. I guess you might say it put the Indian sign on you. star, Brian Donlevy, will return in a moment. If musical entertainment is high on your list of enjoyable radio programming, then NBC's Monday Night of Music was designed especially for you. When you set your radio dial to most NBC stations on Monday evening, you'll hear such stellar programs as the Railroad Hour, the Voice of Firestone, the Telephone Hour, and the Dinah Shore Show. The Railroad Hour presents Gordon McRae and guest stars in memorable operettas. Howard Barlow conducts the orchestra and chorus on The Voice of Firestone, and the program always features the finest musical artists. The Telephone Hour brings you the music of Donald Voorhees and the Bell Symphonic Orchestra, as well as famous guests from the realm of music. Also on Monday evening, you'll enjoy hearing the new Dinah Shore Show. Dinah now brings her singing talent to the NBC radio microphone twice each week, every Monday and Friday. Remember to join us for the new Dinah Shore Show. Make it a date to be one of the millions of people who each Monday evening enjoy NBC's musical program schedule. Next week, Cairo in a lesson in photography. By the time I get the picture, I'm caught in the frame. And that will be Steve Mitchell's dangerous assignment next week. Featured in tonight's cast were Don Diamond, Hal Gerard, Tony Barrett, Harry Bartell, and Virginia Gregg. This is John Storm speaking. Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell with Herb Butterfield as the commissioner, is written by Bob Reif and Adrian Jandot, and is directed by Bill Carn. Be with us again next week at this time when Brian Donlevy, starring in the role of Steve Mitchell, will embark on another transcribed dangerous assignment.
That is, be sure to listen to Dinah Shore on NBC. That concludes today's episode. We'd like to thank you and remind you to donate at choiceclassicradio.com. Remember, your donations make episodes like this possible.